0: But I feel like words should be spoken at this moment.
1: Yeah. Like acknowledge her feelings. Tell her your feelings. Yeah. It's called a conversation. It's not
0: just here. Caveman bring you ring.
1: <laughs> Woman marry. <laughs> And welcome to Franchise Frights Podcast. That's Mandy.
0: And that's Cam.
1: How are you today? I'm good. It's uh, We're recording on a Monday. Ew. It's Monday-ish.
0: Yeah. And we, we have full bellies.
1: We do have very full bellies. Mandy made awesome beef and noodles, and we just ate. Yeah. Now I'm kind of sleepy. Uh-huh. I quit drinking. You did. Inadvertently. <laughs> I was going to stop drinking on February 1st, and then I started on an antibiotic, and the antibiotic could have bad side effects if I drink, so I had to quit 11 days earlier, and that threw me into a tailspin because it wasn't on my timeline.
0: Yeah. It's not how you had it written down on the calendar.
1: No. I I have my daily planner, and that was not in the daily planner for yesterday.
0: <laughs> You'll just have to make some adjustments.
1: Yes. What did we do this weekend? Oh, yeah. We went to Nolan's district speech competition. Yeah. How'd that go?
0: It was good. He was going to state. Again. Yeah. We he, have a talented kid.
1: He's awesome. Yeah. And he made one of the funniest short films I've ever seen. I would agree. It's absolutely hilarious. Yeah.
0: And I like that he didn't let us see it before.
1: Yes. He waited for us to see it on the day. Yeah.
0: We saw it the same time as The Judge.
1: And- Wow, he killed it. It's
0: funny. He has his own original songs in it.
1: Yes, which are (laughs) spectacular.
0: If he lets us, we'll put up a link to it eventually.
1: Yeah, I think he has to wait until after.
0: After competition. Yeah.
1: Do you have any news? No. Do you have any horror movie news?
0: No. Oh, I think you told me this, but they're remaking The Crow. What? Okay. I couldn't remember if you told me or not. I don't like that. Yeah. Tell them no. But guess who's going to be the crow?
1: Bill Hader. No. <laughs> That'd be funny.
0: But you're close.
1: Oh, no. Andy Samberg? No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the first name was right.
1: Bill Skarsgård? Yeah. Oh. Well, I kind of don't mind that. I know. But. Just leave that movie alone.
0: I haven't watched it for years.
1: I watch it every Devil's Night. Oh. Fire it up. Fire it up. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Would you like to hear my horror movie news? Maybe. Exorcist Deceiver has been put on hold after David Gordon Green exited the film. Reports are that he left because he's working on the new season of The Righteous Gemstones and another movie, and he just didn't have time to make the deadline. The movie was supposed to be released in April of 2025, but Believer had a budget of $30 million, and it only brought in $139 million at the box office. Mm. So I think they were probably like, huh, let's just wait a while and yeah. see if we can do something else. Yeah. But Com- U- Universal spent $400 million to get the rights to The Exorcist.
0: They're going to use it.
1: Yeah, they're going to make more movies.
0: That's crazy, though.
1: So I've already decided if they decide to do a remake, we riot. (laughs) Because that's not okay. It's not. No. Oh, I introduced you to Shudder Originals. You did. We've watched two of them now.
0: I liked both of them a lot.
1: We watched uh, The Cleansing Hour Mm -hmm. and Superhost.
0: Yeah. If you have Shudder, I recommend both of them.
1: Yeah, they're quite fun.
0: They're just new and refreshing.
1: Yeah, it's not the same old crap. Yeah. I think that's all the news and horror movie news I have. Would you like to do the movie Facts and Figures?
0: I would. All right. We watched Dawn of the Dead. It was released April 13th, 1979, starring David M.G., Ken Forey. Scott Reinger and Galen Ross. I have no idea if I said any of those names right. It was written and directed by George A. Romero, produced by Richard P. Rubenstein, cinematography by Michael Gornick, music by Goblin slash Dario Argento. The production company was Laurel Group. It was distributed by United Films Distribution Company and Titanus Titanus. Its runtime is 126 minutes. Actually, I think it's 127 minutes.
1: Wasn't that that James Franco movie?
0: Yeah, close to it. Its budget was $640,000.
1: That's $3 million today.
0: Oh, and its box office was $66 million.
1: That's $308 million today.
0: Jesus! It has a 7.8 on IMDb. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 91% critic score and a 90% audience score.
1: That's pretty good. That's high. I think that might be. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe Halloween had higher.
0: Mm, I don't know. Maybe for IMDb. But that's really high for Rotten Tomatoes.
1: Yeah. Would you like to hear the Rotten Tomatoes critics' consensus? I would. One of the most compelling and entertaining zombie films ever, Dawn of the Dead perfectly blends pure horror and gore with social commentary on material society. Yeah? It, it, that's accurate. Nothing to disagree with there? No. Do you have any reviewers?
0: Yeah. Do you want to know what Gene Shalit said?
1: Yeah, uh, I guess. From
0: NBC's Today show?
1: I kind of don't like Gene Shalit.
0: Oh, come on. He's got a mustache.
1: Yeah. All right. Fire away, Gene.
0: Yawn of the Living.
1: Oh, that's clever. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to hear what Roger Ebert had to say? Yes. Dawn of the Dead is one of the best horror films ever made, and as an inescapable result, one of the most horrifying. It is gruesome, sickening, disgusting, violent, brutal, and appalling. It is also, and excuse me for a second while I find my other list, Brilliantly crafted, funny, droll, and savagely merciless in its satiric view of the American consumer society. Nobody ever said art had to be in good taste.
0: Oh, he had lots of thoughts on it. He did. He didn't know what to think.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he was like, oh, this is really scary, but bad, but I I liked it, (laughs) but it's not good.
0: Yeah. From Variety Magazine, there was no author credited, so I'm sorry. But Don pummels the viewer with a series of ever more grisly events. Shootings, knifings, flesh tearings. The things that make Romero's special effects man, Tom Savini, the real star of the film.
1: Except for the makeup.
0: Yes. (laughs) I did read that um, they were actually gray. It just came across as blue.
1: Oh, really? Like, just because of lighting. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, I am going to butcher your last name, Steve. Biodrowski of Cinefantastique said. The acting performances are uniformly strong and the script develops its themes more explicitly with obvious satirical jabs at modern consumer society as epitomized by the indoor shopping mall where a small band of human survivors take shelter from the zombie plague sweeping the country. That was all one sentence. That's why I had to draw a breath. <laughs> it
0: was a long sentence. It was. So what do you have more quotes? Uh, I don't. I don't either. So what are your thoughts on it?
1: Well, I mean, it's Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Really, what more needs to be said? The movie's an icon. And uh, I got a little flowery right here. Night may have brought the standard of the Romero zombie to the world, but Dawn put it through the roof.
0: Oh. You're getting to be a film
1: critic. I am. I also said, uh, this movie and I have a long history. I saw it for the first time when I was, I don't know, probably 12. And I was trying to watch every single horror movie at... Our biggest video store in town. Mm-hmm. I had never even heard of it. I, I had heard the term "Dawn of the Dead." Yeah, but I'd never like knew it was a movie, and I was like, "Oh, I'll watch that movie." And I didn't really know what to think when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. I thought the makeup effects were really, really cheesy. Yeah, but I loved the feel of the movie and the special effects. Yeah, and it makes me feel claustrophobic, but also envious. And slightly ponderous.
0: Because you want to live in a mall?
1: I want their life once they get to the mall. (laughs) And, oh, I'm going to talk about that.
0: I believe it. What were your
1: initial impressions, Beautiful?
0: I said, I think I've seen the whole movie together once. But I've seen bits and pieces of it a thousand times.
1: Yeah. Josh and I used to watch this a lot.
0: Yes. You and our roommate would stay up all night watching Dawn of the Dead.
1: Yes both versions
0: yes and i said i don't really remember much of it because it's been like 20 years since i've seen it and i feel like it was really oversaturated in color for some reason
1: it was very 70s yeah
0: um and then i put i'm really excited to watch it again as an adult adult <laughs> <laughs> with, a, with a stronger appreciation for horror that's all i had to say about that
1: all right Forrest. Would you like to start the plot rundown or would you like me to? I
0: like it when you start.
1: Okay. You just want me to talk about that nice 70s carpet on the wall. Ooh. <laughs> so we open with a shot of some nice red 70s carpet. The camera zooms out and we find out the carpet is on a wall. Yeah. That's not a floor. No. A woman is huddled in her jacket and writhing at what appears to be a nightmare. She whimpers and a man comes over to check on her. He tells her that all hell is breaking loose! We see that they're in a TV station, and two men are arguing on the soundstage. There's general chaos going on in the studio. Another worker tells her that some of the crew have taken off already, and she doesn't know how much longer they're going to be on the air. A director, or producer, I don't know TV stuff. Neither do I. Tells someone to run the scroll of the rescue stations at the bottom of the screen. The worker he tells this to lets him know that half of those stations have already been knocked out. He tells her to run them anyway. People are shouting, they're throwing papers around. Uh, The two men on the talk show that's filming are arguing about whether or not the dead are returning to life and attacking the living. The napping lady from the first shot comes out of her stupor and starts taking charge. I think maybe she's a producer? I would say she's a producer. She tells an operator... To uh, take down the outdated list of rescue stations from the screen, the doctor on the talk show uh, tells the host, (laughs) sorry.
0: It's okay. There's a lot of back and forth here and it's super confusing. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That every dead body that is not exterminated becomes one of them. It gets up and it kills. The people it kills get up and kill. The station manager comes in and yells at the main character lady for taking the rescue stations off the screen. She tells him she isn't going to murder people by sending them to dangerous rescue stations. The station manager only cares about his viewership, though, because, ah, capitalism in a crisis. Yeah. So more of the crew members just get up and leave. The station manager tries to do some real work, but he doesn't know how anything works. Typical. So everyone's screaming and yelling. Uh, The doctor on the show tells the host and the viewers that citizens are no longer allowed to inhabit private residences. He also says that you have to destroy the attackers by destroying the brain or severing it from the rest of the body. A man in a super cool flight jacket with a furry (laughs) collar comes in. And he talks to the main character lady and he tells her that she needs to meet him up on the roof. He's going to steal the helicopter. She protests and he tells her, we have to survive. Someone has to survive. The cameraman overhears their conversation and tells Fran, her name is Fran, Mm -hmm that she should go. The station will be going off the air at midnight. Now we leave the newsroom and we're outside an apartment building. A SWAT team is getting in position to apparently storm the building. Mm-hmm. And a man with a bullhorn is trying to talk to someone named Martinez. And he's like, hey, just come out. We're not going to hurt you. But you're a SWAT team. Yeah. There's a racist-ass SWAT team member who seems like he's, the, like, he's only there to kill people. Yes. He's like, all right, people of color, I can gun down? Yeah. And a calm man asks an apparent rookie SWAT member his name. He advises the younger man to just stay cool when they get inside. The door on the outside of the building bursts open and a few armed men run out. One of them takes aim and shoots the rookie guy right in the head. The SWAT team opens fire and kills all of the armed men but one. The calm SWAT guy comes across the final armed man and convinces him to lower his weapon. The armed man freaks out and takes off running, and the calm SWAT guy tells him not to go out where the rest of the SWAT team is, but he doesn't listen and he gets killed a lot. Yeah. The SWAT guys toss tear gas canisters into the building as they make their entrance. They're rounding up people and just generally being dicks. Pretty much. Just ripping
0: people out of their rooms.
1: Yeah, they're just like manhandling people and yelling at Mm -hmm. them. Uh, The racist guy from the roof is just killing everyone he sees. Yeah. And calm SWAT guy tries to take him down without killing him, but he is very strong and very angry. (laughs) And so another SWAT team member has to shoot racist SWAT guy and kill him. And this guy's wearing a gas mask. He's very tall, and -hmm. he has an awesome voice. Yes. So calm SWAT guy and a younger member go into a room and find a dead body on the floor under some clutter, and it looks like it's been chomped on. Ew. Then they see an undead guy sit up despite being shot a couple of times, and a woman in the hallway screams. The younger SWAT guy is stunned by the zombie, and he kind of forgets what to do. Mm -hmm. Another team member tells him to shoot it in the head. He tries, but his gun jams. Then another zombie comes out from a side room and attacks the third SWAT member. Calm guy springs into action. (laughs) I like that they don't tell us their names right away. I know. (laughs) I have. You're just like, calm guy. Calm guy. Cool voice guy. I, w-
0: I called them all privates because I wasn't sure if it was the National Guard or a the <laughs> yeah, police I force.
1: I think or... they're police because later they just drive a cop car, yeah. but they might have just stolen it. I
0: don't know. So, like, I have like older private, younger private, badass private.
1: <laughs> privates. <laughs> Another zombie comes into the room. So it's three on three now. The SWAT guys kill two of the zombies by shooting them multiple times each. But one of them just like wanders out of the room. He's like, "Um, oh, go see what's <laughs> going on down the hall. The escape zombie shambles down the hall to another apartment, and a woman in that apartment knows him, and she comes out to hug him despite the warnings from the SWAT guys. They're like, hey, he's not good news. Yeah. She embraces the undead man, and he's like, oh, this is nice. I'm going to take a chunk right out of your shoulder.
0: Mm-hmm. He takes a nice big old chunk out he of does. her shoulder.
1: And it, there's kind of a yeah. sound effect, and ew. And then he takes a chunk out of her arm. A SWAT guy pulls her away from the zombie, and three SWAT guys shoot him to death. The zombie, not the SWAT guy.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: Back in the first apartment, the SWAT guy whose gun jammed earlier kills himself with a headshot. I didn't see. Did he get bitten? Or was he just like, I Man, think he was just
0: overwhelmed.
1: He's like, I don't want to live in this world. Yeah.
0: Because like he was super nervous to go in in the first place. Nope, that was a different guy. Yeah. But... um. I think he just was overwhelmed. He, was, he seemed fresh.
1: Yeah. Especially
0: he, like freezing when like.
1: Yeah. He was a noob. Yeah. Calm SWAT guy looks overwhelmed and on the verge of shutting down. And then we cut to him running into a laundry room. It appears that he's going to throw up in a sink, but someone says, you ain't just in here by yourself, boy. And then another SWAT guy comes out and points a gun at him. It's the tall guy with the gas mask Mm -hmm. and the cool voice.
0: The one that shot Private Douche Canoe.
1: Yes. I like that. Private Douche Canoe. Yeah. So Calm Guy aims back. After a tense moment, they lower their guns. The other SWAT guy takes off his gas mask, and they sit down on the sinks together. Calm Guy lights a smoke, and he talks about how he could take off and run like some of the others did. He tells the new SWAT guy that a friend of his has a helicopter, and he could just run away with him. He asks the other guy if he thinks it's right to do. He's like, is it right to run away? Mm -hmm. Then he offers him the smoke. He's like, hey, be my friend. Take a drag. (laughs) The other guy doesn't get time to answer as the door behind them flies open. They spring to their feet and draw their rifles, and an elderly priest comes out and asks them to let him pass so he can go upstairs to find his sister. He tells them that there are several dead in the basement. He's given them the last rites, and they can go downstairs and do what they need to do to them. That's so... Yeah, just go do what you need to do.
0: I know. It's a weird scene. Yeah. It didn't really add anything. No. Other than to get them to the basement.
1: Yeah. It, It felt forced. Yes. In the basement, the SWAT team pulls some wooden barricades off a door, and zombies come pouring out. Our two main character SWAT guys both back away from the scene looking... They're, they're spent. They're done. Yeah. They walk into another room and find several undead feasting on bodies in a caged room. They put away their rifles and pull out their handguns and pick off the undead one by one. And now some army-type guys open another door to the room and ask if they need help. But nope. All the zombies are dead. They took care of business. Calm guy asks new guy why the people in the apartment would keep the undead down here. And he replies, because they still believe there's respect in dying. I wish I could do his voice. Yeah,
0: that wasn't close at all. No.
1: (laughs) His voice is like eight (laughs) octaves lower than mine. It's magical. It's, oh, I just, I want him to read me bedtime stories. Yes.
0: At an airfield, Stephen and Fran see a police car approaching. The two cops slash privates, I don't know what they are.
1: (laughs) Private cops.
0: Private cops um, <laughs> pull up, and they're kind of, they're they're cheerful.
1: They are. They're like, hey. We
0: made it.
1: We ran away.
0: So I put that um, Richard is the older private, and he vouches for Peter, the badass private.
1: Except his name's Roger, not Richard.
0: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I call him Richard.
1: <laughs> All right. He's dick now.
0: Okay. Yeah. If I say Richard.
1: Just know it's, it's my supposed notes, to be Roger. No,
0: Because my notes say. And then once I realized that I was wrong halfway through, then his name changes to Roger.
1: <laughs> well, and this was hard because there were no subtitles on this movie. <gasps> it
0: was horrible.
1: I'm like, no subtitles? Like, what year is this? I don't
0: even know what how to watch a movie without subtitles. I know. We
1: watch movies with subtitles. We don't even have hearing problems. Well. Well, you do. <laughs> but I just like, I don't know why, but it's such a comfort to me to have them on. Yeah. But, oh, if they're on during a live sporting event. No, that's bad. I'm not happy.
0: No. So anyway, Roger vouches for Peter because um, Stephen and Fran seem to be his friends already. So he's like, hey, Peter's cool. Um, but Fran asks if the helicopter will be able to hold the extra weight of Peter. And Stephen tells her, yeah, but it'll be harder on the fuel. And then another pilot guy approaches. I'm not sure what he is.
1: And his eyes are super close together.
0: (laughs) But he asks them about cigarettes and if they have any. And they all say that they don't have any cigarettes.
1: But we saw them smoking earlier.
0: Um, Then the dude tells him that him and his men are going to go try to find an island. And he inquires where the group is headed. Steven replies, up. The pilot dude looks super confused for a moment and then smiles like a doofus when it dawns on him.
1: I I like to... That he's like, we're going to go find an island. Uh-huh. And Stephen looks at him. He goes, what island? And he goes, there's got to be an island.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he heads towards um, a boathouse. And we cut back to our group as Fran and Roger both light up cigarettes while the helico- helicopter takes off. And then I put burn.
1: No, we don't have cigarettes.
0: And Peter's looking at them like, what the fuck? You guys just lied to that dude. <laughs> So some time passes and Roger is asleep. No. Is Roger asleep?
1: Roger's sleeping. Okay.
0: Roger's asleep in the front. And in the back, Peter asks Fran. I thought he asked if Roger was her man.
1: Oh, no. I
0: I know now that it was Steven. Yeah, he nods
1: towards Steven. When
0: he's nodding, I thought he was nodding at Roger. So I was like, oh, so Fran and Roger are together because I thought it was her and Steven. And then I put maybe they're a throuple. I don't know. They'd be
1: kind of a cute threpple.
0: Yeah. The group discusses where they are and from above they see that the infection or the war on zombies is everywhere. Um, they see guys out hunting and we zoom in on a small red te- red neck town. <laughs> and all the dudes are armed and they're discussing zombies like we would discuss hunting deer.
1: I wouldn't discuss hunting deer. Well, I know, but
0: like people around <laughs> here, there's lots of coffee drinking, and there's even more beer drinking, and there's civilians and army guys working together.
1: There are police dogs that want me to pet them. Yeah,
0: and the the song in the back. These are the lyrics to part of the song in the back.
1: Ooh, lay 'em on me.
0: Cause I am a man. I like to be the center of attention. That's a hell.
1: That's. I think that song's about me.
0: Pretty much. (laughs) I lit the wrong end of a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) So then the rednecks shoot at a car and it blows up and there's lots of shots of rednecks shooting zombies. This is one of many, many, not unnecessary, but entirely too long of scenes.
1: I agree it was too long, but I love how Romero is like, oh, I'm not just going to like bitch on the rich people oh no I'm gonna bitch on the next. no I, too. Just, I
0: was totally fine with them zooming in on them and like focusing on that I love how that he does that especially mm-hmm. when he goes like through like TV yeah I like that but um yeah the scene just went on for way 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 too long
1: yeah and that's I think if I have a major complaint with this movie I'm like okay maybe could have trimmed that up a little more in post
0: yes so we cut back and we see the helicopter at another airfield next to some fuel pumps. Roger begins fueling and Steven says he's going to go check out the hangar. The sound of the helicopter starts drawing zombies in. We see Peter enter an office inside the hangar and he clears it for zombies or other people. There's a coffee machine that says out of order and he seems disappointed. So frustrated, he hits it and magically a cup drops and starts filling with coffee.
1: And this look spreads across his face like, I am the luckiest guy in the world. Yes.
0: <laughs> so while sitting and enjoying his cup of coffee, Peter notices that a closet door starts to rattle, and then he can hear moans from the other side. He shoots his gun at the closet door about head height, and immediately the noises stop. At the hangar, Fran and Steve hear the gunshot, and concerned about the others, they run to help. But Stephen runs backwards, because that's what he does.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you turn your back to the danger area.
0: <laughs> um, and it's tackled to the ground by a zombie. He yells at Fran to run while struggling to reach for a hammer. Fran doesn't run. She just opts to stand there and do nothing to help.
1: Yep. She doesn't get the hammer for him. Nothing. She doesn't run. No. She just looks shocked.
0: Yeah. So Stephen finally reaches the hammer and smashes the zombie's head in. He stands up, grabs Fran. and They run. And then another zombie approaches them. And Steven swings this hammer at that zombie. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it.
1: It's like he's trying to throw a baseball like I would throw a baseball.
0: I don't know. But
1: while holding a hammer.
0: Yeah. It's weird. They both land on the ground. He lands on the ground from hitting the zombie. Yeah. So then he cl- um, grabs Fran again and they take off. In the office, Peter files fires a couple more rounds into the closet just for good measure. And outside, Roger is still filling up the helicopter. A zombie approaches from a ways away. And I noted, he has the most square head a human has ever had.
1: He really does. (laughs) It is... He is a cube head man.
0: Yeah, but I know why now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Roger sees him and begins to draw his gun. But then the zombie steps on some boxes and ends up losing the top of his head from the chopper blades. And then I put, I guess I know why his head was square.
1: Yes, because we had to cut it off.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) I love the look Roger gives after that. Like he looks down at his gun and like looks back up towards the zombie and is like, how the hell did that just happen? Yeah.
0: Why did it climb? Inside the office, two zombie kids break through the closet door and attack Peter. It It looks like one of them bites him, but he must not.
1: I think it tries to can't get through his SWAT man's suit.
0: So Peter just picks them both up and
1: flings them across the room. He's just like, "Here, child, have a couch."
0: <laughs> um and then he draws his gun and we he shoots both of them. So then we cut to Steven who is unsuccessfully shooting at a zombie in a field.
1: Yeah, he's uh he shoots it in the chest what like 3 times? I don't even know if he shoots it in the chest. It's like after that first chest shot, aim higher. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I've never shot a gun. I shouldn't talk. But but then Roger steps in, lifts Stephen's rifle with his own rifle, aims and shoots the zombie right in the head. It's kind of a dick move.
1: I kind of liked it. He's like, hey, you know what? <laughs> Let the big boy handle this.
0: Peter turns to leave the office, but there's a zombie blocking the door. His gun is empty, but through the doorway, he sees Stephen taking aim. Peter jumps at the, out of the way as Stephen shoots at the zombie a bunch without hitting it
1: yeah he hits everything but the zombie,
0: so then Roger once again steps in front of Stephen and shoots the zombie in the head. safe for a moment. Stephen runs to comfort Fran, but then Peter confronts Stephen with his gun drawn. You ever or you never aim at a person while he has his gun aimed at Stephen? It's scary, isn't it?
1: I love that, <laughs> and then he just like <laughs> grins at him. He's yes. like scary, isn't it?
0: But it's like he never lets that go, really.
1: no. Would you? Yeah, I guess not. I'd bring that up 20 years from now. <laughs> be like, hey, remember that time you almost shot me?
0: So the group are back in the helicopter, and Richard, no, Roger, and Stephen discuss the best place to stop for fuel. They don't want to stop at any cities because there's too many zombies slash people, but places on the outskirts are probably still manned, and Peter points out the fact that they are in a stolen helicopter. France says they need a plan. They have no food or water, and Steven needs to sleep.
1: Did they know what water was back then? No. They <laughs> just needed it for bathing. It was 1978. You didn't drink water.
0: <laughs> so they approach a giant flat building, and Roger explains to Steven that it's a mall, one of those giant indoor shopping centers. <laughs> they land on the roof, which conveniently has a helipad on it.
1: Well, it's a mall. Why wouldn't it have a helipad? (laughs) Are you telling me that you think Merle Hay Mall in Des Moines doesn't have a helipad?
0: I'm going to say they don't. So the group gets out of the helicopter to check everything out. Uh, They see zombies beginning to gather in the parking lot. Fran and Steve want to leave, but Richard says the zombies can't get them up there. He begins to look through the skylights on the roof, and Peter and Roger discuss a plan for entering the building. Peter assesses that the power is still on. It could be nuclear nuclear nuclear
1: <laughs> and that's very scary because we just watched Chernobyl and Three Mile Island yes that was, that was that's too much nuclear power for me
0: yeah especially inside a mall
1: well I mean the, the reactor wouldn't be inside the mall well I
0: know but <laughs> you know so Fran asks why all the zombies came to back to the mall. And,
1: Duh. It's the mall. And Stephen
0: replies, some kind of instinct, memory, what they used to do. This is in, was an important place in their lives.
1: Fucking A it was. Okay.
0: So a minute ago, Stephen didn't know what a mall was because Roger had to explain it to him.
1: And he was like, oh, man, people love the mall.
0: But uh, I put, George, do you want to talk about your feelings on capitalism? <laughs> Through a skylight, they see a secret office area. Uh, It's filled with boxes that say civil defense. Steven questions how they can get in. And Peter takes the butt of his gun and just breaks the skylight. So then Peter and Richard. Nope, Roger.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think you just wanted to call him Richard because we have Peter and you're like, let's have two penis names. Maybe.
0: Peter and Roger jump down and clear out the area i don't know what it's really supposed to be like
1: i don't know like do you think it was supposed to be like a i'm not gonna say like a bomb shelter because it was on the roof yeah but like
0: but that's what it seems like
1: almost like a like a panic room
0: yeah once lowered into the room stephen and fran discover that the boxes are filled with food there's only one way in or out of the area that they're in and peter and roger deem that the place is safe enough and block the entrance to the door with a pile of boxes. So while the group rests and Steven sleeps, Peter brings up that there's a lot of stuff downstairs that they could use. He's concerned about the number of zombies down there, but he thinks they can outrun them. And then, like two kids told, being told they have run of a candy store, Roger and Peter arm themselves.
1: They're like, <laughs> let's go shopping.
0: And decide to venture out into the mall. But first, they hand Fran a gun, give her instructions on how to shoot, and tell her that if anyone but them comes back up, to leave in the helicopter.
1: And I like, too, that she's like, uh, you guys aren't going down there. That's crazy. And Peter's like, this place could be a gold mine. Yeah. Peter and Roger make their way down the steps and into a boiler room. And there's a control room where they find a key ring with dozens of keys on it and some walkie-talkies and schematics for them all.
0: That was convenient.
1: It's like your one spot stop to sh- one stop spot to shop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it just always reminds me of like a Resident Evil game where it's like, this oh, will help you on your journey.
1: <laughs> you have found the key ring. Yeah. <laughs> will you take the key ring? So they turn on all the power switches they can find in the control room and turn on the lights and music in the mall because hey, that'll help cover their sounds. Mm-hmm. So Cheesy Muzak plays, and we see zombies all shambling around the mall and falling down. And they're really funny. Like, the zombies are hilarious in this movie. Oh, yes. But this is
0: another scene where it's like, this goes on for entirely too long. (laughs) Like,
1: the zombies on the escalator? Yes. They're just like, like, whoa. (laughs) Whoa. And I love it. So Peter and Roger find the entrance to the mall from the utility room, and they find that the zombies have made it to the second floor. They decide to check them all out anyway. They run through and start knocking the shamblers out of the way. Steven looks very envious. He's just, he's like sitting upstairs on the staircase. Yeah. And he's like, oh man, I want to go downstairs to the mall.
0: But mom won't let me.
1: Peter and Roger go into a JCPenney on the second floor. And they discuss these big department stores take up multiple floors. Whoa. They get the door shut, but Roger loses his assault rifle in the process. A zombie just grabs it and is pointing (laughs) it at his own face. Fran wants to go back onto the roof for the helicopter, but Steven refuses to leave. He's like, no, Roger and Peter are down there. Mm -hmm. So Roger and Peter are giddy that they get to shop with no money. Peter goes after a TV and a radio and tells Roger to only get the things that they need. And there's a funny shot of Roger getting scared by a mannequin, but then he like tries to play it all cool. He's mm-hmm. like, no, I didn't get scared. Now we see that Peter has a wheelbarrow and he's loading well, it's not really a wheelbarrow. It's, it's like, a like a cart gar, like a garden cart. Yeah. And uh he's loading supplies into it. Roger doubts that they can wheel right past the undead, but Peter feels confident. We see Steven is now making his way through the boiler room. He just he had to go to the mall.
0: Well, yeah. He wants to play with the big boys.
1: He does. Peter and Roger stash their wheelbarrow near the uh near the door on the second floor of the JCPenney and they go back downstairs. Roger slides down the middle of the escalator, and I bet people emulating that move right there is why they're those stupid ball blocker things. Yep. Where like if you slide down, you're gonna rack yourself. Yeah. Hello everybody. Hi. We had some technical difficulties. <laughs> oh. See, we recorded the entire episode, and-
0: No, we we discussed the entire episode. (laughs) We
1: discussed the entire episode. It
0: only recorded half. Yeah. If half.
1: So here we are, the day after, Mm -hmm. and we're going to re-record the second half.
0: I promised you we were funnier last night.
1: Yeah. I thought we were really good last night, (laughs) and I was really disappointed. No
0: one will ever know-
1: And you said something that made me laugh a lot about a donut. I
0: know. You almost spit ice cream.
1: (laughs) I guarantee there was no ice cream. I did not almost spit ice cream. You almost
0: spit water across (laughs) your computer. Don't know where ice cream came from.
1: Do you just have a craving?
0: You said donut. (laughs)
1: And that made you think ice
0: cream? I guess.
1: (laughs) Oh, babe. Okay, so we're definitely recording. Okay. So I'm I'm going to jump back into the movie here. Okay. So Peter and Roger uh, go to the windows downstairs at JCPenney, and they start pounding on the downstairs window to draw the zombies to them. In the control room, Steven finds a revolver and some bullets in a desk drawer. Like, what the fuck kind of maintenance guy works here? A prepared but, one. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, I've got my revolver, I've got my bullets, I'm ready to do maintenance at the mall.
0: He had the schematics, too. Maybe he was going to rob.
1: Oh. I, You know, I want a movie about that now. Yeah. Get on it, George. So Steven finds the schematics, and Roger, meanwhile, goes upstairs to check out the progress on their zombie distraction. And all the zombies are moving away from the second floor entrance and he radios to Peter that he thinks they can get the wagon out now. In the boiler room, Stephen encounters a zombie and starts firing the revolver just wildly at it. Yes. He still can't hit shit, not no. even with a handgun. No. And Roger and Peter hear the shots, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. Stephen keeps firing at the zombie's shadow, and the bullets <laughs> ricochet around the boiler room in that <laughs> 70s fashion where it's all like... Like, bullets really moved back then. They did.
0: They fired a lot harder than they do now.
1: So he finally gets a straight shot at the zombie, but he's already fired his gun empty. So he starts to reload, but the zombie grabs him and he drops the bullets. Luckily, he was able to get one bullet in and he dispatches the shadow zombie. (laughs) But this time he actually shoots the zombie instead of its shadow.
0: Yeah, instead of the wall.
1: So Peter's trying to make his way back to the hallway that goes to the boiler room with his wagon, but he encounters zombies. Steven's still trying to get to the second floor of the mall, but he encounters some zombies. So Peter lifts one of the undead over his head and just like hucks it over the railing. Yeah. And just like sends it to the first floor. Yes. He's like, I am a professional wrestler now, and you are getting thrown out of the ring. I
0: think he just likes to throw people around.
1: He, like... He's throwing children onto couches. Uh He's throwing zombies over railings. I think he's just like, look at me. I'm strong.
0: Maybe that's his weightlifting.
1: Oh, you got to keep fit. Yeah. So Stephen's struggling against three zombies and is about to bail back through the doors to the hallway that leads to the boiler room. But Peter tells him not to. He doesn't want to show the zombies the way to get to them.
0: Peter's a smart, smart guy.
1: He's always two steps ahead. Yes. Yes. I feel like everybody else is playing checkers and he's playing chess.
0: Oh, you're so smooth.
1: Yeah. So Stephen runs out into the mall with Peter and they run back to JCPenney together. JCPenney should have done ads. I was just going
0: to say, did you <laughs> Do you want me to call JCPenney and see if they want to sponsor this episode?
1: Yeah, that'd be kind of nice. I don't think they have any money anymore, though. I think they
0: have like three stores.
1: I bet they're really nice stores, though. <laughs> so they all get in safety safely and Roger closes the door behind them they run back downstairs to do their distraction trick again and when they're running by what looks to be a couple of mannequins one of them turns out to be a zombie it tackles Roger to the floor and it's trying to eat him uh Peter can't get a clean shot without hitting Roger but the zombie that tackled Roger is a maintenance worker and it has a tool belt So Roger grabs a screwdriver from the tool belt and stabs the zombie in the ear with it.
0: He doesn't even stab it.
1: No, he just like- He like
0: gently glides it into his head.
1: Well, you know, that first stroke, you don't want to go in hard and fast. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like I imagine it had to be that way because of special effects, but like it made it so much worse that it wasn't a stab. It was like, I'm gently gliding this screwdriver through your brain.
1: Ew. Ew. (laughs) <laughs> I've never thought about it that way before and I think you might have ruined the scene <laughs> sorry so that zombie's dead now mm-hmm. good kill the three of them get downstairs safely and pound on the door again to let the zombies know where they are triumphant music starts playing and we see the zombies following the noise to the first floor and all three of them are just like hooting and hollering they're excited and uh, Stephen tips his head back and Let's out a big yahoo.
0: This is just the first of many celebratory... Yahoos. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So back upstairs, a Hari Krishna zombie has found its way to the stairwell and into the safe room where Fran is hiding. Oh, no. In the store, Peter and Roger are discussing what to do from here. Roger thinks they should load up the supplies they have and leave them all. But Peter thinks they have a good thing going here and they should stay. Steven shows them a schematic of some heating ducts or something that they can use to get back to their safe room. They climb up into an elevator shaft and find the heating duct. Fran is looking worried on the steps as the guys get into the ducts. They look in on all the stores in the mall from the air ducts on their way through. Yeah. And now the Hari Krishna zombie is making its way up the stairs to the safe room. The guys get out of the ducts right by the door to the boiler room hallway. In the safe room, Fran is looking for a weapon to fight the Hari Krishna zombie that is now in the safe room.
0: It managed to open the door. Well, yeah. But like, un- like he's smart. Yeah, I know. But that seems like a hard task for a zombie.
1: Romero zombies can use tools and stuff. Yeah, though. that's true. On the second floor, Peter grabs a wheelbarrow and sneaks it back into the hallway. Fran is fighting for her life when the guys get back and they beat the zombie to death so the zombies downstairs don't hear the gunshot. Fran collapses and she sobs and Peter and Roger think all is going to be okay and they start loading up their hall from the steps and into the safe room. Steven tells Fran, you should see all the great stuff we got Franny, all kinds of stuff. This place is terrific, it really is, it's perfect. All kinds of things. We've really got it made here, Franny.
0: Okay, what kinds of things were you getting, Stephen?
1: Well, they got a TV and a radio and some caviar. (laughs) (laughs) And right now is when Fran looks straight into the camera lens and just gives this big, wide-eyed, dissociated look like, I'm broken.
0: Later, Stephen has a TV hooked up but it's just a screen at the station's call sign and the guys are all sitting around enjoying some snacks. I'm pretty sure someone was eating caviar.
1: Yeah, Peter has caviar.
0: Which is just so fancy. And the guys pass around a bottle of Jack Daniels. Stephen tunes to a radio station and the announcer tells people that they should not stay in their homes no matter how safe they think they might be.
1: (laughs) Sorry if you hear our dog going nuts in the background.
0: So uh, Peter asks Stephen if Fran's okay because she's sitting by herself in another room. He says she looks sick. I th- I think she looks like she's in shock.
1: Yeah, I th- I think maybe things are just a little much for anybody right now. Yeah,
0: um, and Stephen unveils the fact that Fran is three to four months pregnant. Cut to Fran lighting up a cigarette.
1: That's what you did in nineteen seventy eight. No. It contributes to low birth weight, which is easier on the mother when passing the child. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that what you call it? Passing the child? <laughs> Is
0: it like. <laughs> it's not a basketball.
1: <laughs> I was more thinking like a bowel movement.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, th- that happens sometimes when you pass a child.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start calling it passing a child. Okay.
0: Roger's concerned and thinks that now they need to find a doctor. But Peter tells him this changes nothing. It's just something they're going to have to deal with. And then he turns to Stephen and he says, Do you want to keep it?
1: Why is he asking Stephen? I don't know. That's not Stephen's decision. That's not inside Stephen's body.
0: No. And stunned, Stephen says, huh? Qua? Qua? And Peter replies, do you want to abort it? It's not too late, and I know how. And Stephen just shakes his head. like
1: He's like, I don't think we should have this conversation. No, why are you? (sighs) Peter. Yeah, it's like. I love Peter so much through the whole movie, except for this part right here. And
0: it's only like a 30 second part. Yeah. But it,
1: <sighs> and then I'm like, Peter, you don't ask Stephen that question.
0: But I definitely have feelings about it. Yeah. So Stephen tells the guys goodnight and goes into Fran. And Fran has overheard the entire conversation. And she asks Stephen if he wants to keep it. And he retorts back with, well, do you?
1: And I love when he first sits down. And she just takes a drag off her cigarette. And she's like, so you got all your decisions made? Yeah. And you can just see Steven's face like, oh, that one cut.
0: Yeah. Like, she has venom in her voice. Oh,
1: yeah. Which she should. Yeah. I wouldn't be happy.
0: Yeah. It's my body. Uh, Peter tells Roger. Not Richard. Not Richard. Peter tells Roger, someone should always be keeping watch. It's not just the zombies they have to worry about. The helicopter being on the roof is kind of a giveaway to them or kind of gives them away. Yes. Yes. That one. <laughs> um and then Fran is all pouty and she still wants to go to Canada.
1: I'm with her. But can we go to a mall in Canada?
0: Yeah. Then we get a super long scene of zombies doing humany things.
1: <laughs> and I like it. <laughs>
0: With a voiceover explaining that they are not cannibals because they are no longer of the same species and even animals will learn how to do tools and then blah, 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 blah. It keeps going on and on and on.
1: And this is when we find out the mall has a GD hockey rink. Yes. This is my home. (laughs) Well, except for the whole nuclear power thing. Yeah. I'm not comfy with that.
0: No, that's scary. So we find out that the voice is coming from a pirate scientist that's on the TV.
1: <laughs> I like that you referred to him as a pirate. <laughs> yeah. Because he has an eye patch. He has an eye patch.
0: And he tells us that these people are no longer our loved ones and they need to be destroyed on site. So then the guys are on the roof and they discuss using semi-trailers to block the entrances Pleased with themselves, they enter the hide- hideout and ready themselves to go deal with the task at hand. Fran asks if she can say something. She's sorry that she f- they found out she's pregnant, but she doesn't want to be treated any differently. And she's not just going to play den mother for them. She wants to know what's going on. And Stephen kind of objects and tells her to calm down.
1: Yeah, you're acting hysterical, woman. Yeah. I like how she begins that conversation with him, too. Yes. She walks into the room, and she's like, I would have made you all breakfast and coffee, but I didn't have my pots and pans. Yeah. And Peter looks at her like, oh, shit. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. We're about to get scolded. We're going to be
0: in trouble. When Stephen tells her to calm down, progressive Peter, because Peter's a feminist.
1: Except for that one time.
0: Yeah. Shh. (laughs) Um, tells her like yeah that's cool there's four of us there should be four votes it's all good so Fran inquires about what they're on their way to go do now and Peter tells her that they're going out but she's not going and she won't go until she can handle herself so why are they letting Stephen go?
1: bait (laughs) (laughs) because
0: Stephen cannot handle himself
1: if they get into some shit Roger and Peter can run away because they're the useful ones and they can just throw Stephen to the zombie horde and be like, look, now we can escape. They're hungry.
0: Yeah. Fran says she has one more stipulation. She wants to learn how to fly the helicopter. If something were to happen to Stephen, someone has to be able to get the rest of them out of there. Peter agrees with her, but Stephen looks kind of put off.
1: That's my helicopter.
0: I don't think Stephen really likes Fran. I
1: don't think so either. And I think he's like, damn. Now the whole end of the world thing's happening and we're going to have a kid. (laughs) We're stuck in a fucking mall together.
0: Well, these other two guys.
1: Uh Uh-oh. What if they start looking upon his property?
0: I was just thinking more like there's not girls. Yeah. Because that'd be better for him, probably. Anyway.
1: I I, I think Steven's just kind of an aloof asshole. Pretty much. But he can fly a helicopter. (laughs)
0: So Peter tells Roger it's time to go. And Roger jumps into action like a puppy being told to wait for a treat. Peter, Peter, should I go now? Can I go? Can I go? Can I go? Um, and this is where I marked that he's a golden retriever boyfriend. And then I put, oh, and cat- Peter is his black cat girlfriend. And then I said, Cam's probably not going to know what these mean. I didn't. Yeah. But I explained it to you last night. You did. And I'll explain it to you guys right now. Yeah, so just
1: in sh- case you don't know, because some of us are old. Yeah. so and we don't do the TikTok.
0: Um, <laughs> so a golden retriever boyfriend is defined as a male significant other that is easygoing and makes it fairly simple to maintain a happy and fulfilling relationship. That's Cam. C-Cam. That's me. <laughs> a black cat girlfriend is usually quieter antisocial and more of an acquired taste you either love them or you hate them
1: that's Mandy that's me so is that like a successful like couple dynamic it must be because I mean we're doing okay I, I th- think I
0: don't even know how long we've been together
1: it's like a lot of years yeah
0: so hey cats and dogs get along
1: <laughs> not ours <laughs>
0: Uh, Fran tells the guys that they're not going to leave her without a gun again. And Stevens pissed because he was put in his place this whole time.
1: And this bruises his fragile male ego even further. He has to give up a penis extension to the woman. Yeah.
0: So he slams his gun down on a box beside her. And then he slams the ammo down, too. They bicker at each other some more. But before he leaves, she stops and looks him in the eye and tells him to be careful.
1: (laughs) She's like... Be careful. Yeah. Not even like I like you.
0: No. <laughs> or like, you're the father of my child, don't die.
1: Yeah. But it's like she doesn't need him to help provide. No. Got everything you need in them I, all.
0: Peter's taking care of shit.
1: Yeah. Like Just like hook up with Peter.
0: Good thing well, I don't I won't blow it at the end. What if you haven't seen it? I oh, won't yeah. Oh.
1: So now we see Steven in the helicopter and Peter in a truck with the engine running. Roger's hot wiring another truck. They drive both trucks toward the mall and communicate via the CB. And, you know, they're having a good time. Yes. Steven's following them from above, and Fran is out on the roof with a rifle. Roof with a rifle. That's hard. Ooh. Watching the whole thing play out. Roger parks his truck in front of one of the mall entrances and runs out to get into Peter's truck. He's kind of starting to lose it here. hmm He's hooping and hollering and punching zombies. This
0: is where Roger became Roger instead
1: of Richard. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. So they return to the shipping yard and Roger is still going apeshit and screaming yeehaw and yahoo and...
0: I can't even make the sounds he's making. No,
1: I can't either. So he gets into another truck to hotwire it and a zombie hears the commotion he's making and starts coming toward the truck where he's upside down under the dashboard. It's not a good position to be in. It's very vulnerable. Steven can see the whole thing playing out from his helicopter. The zombies get to the truck, and one almost gets to Roger, but he's able to fend it off and get his gun. Peter comes to save the day and runs down one of the zombies. In Roger's truck, he's pinned down by a zombie and about to be bitten. Peter yells for him to pick its head up so he can shoot it. Roger lifts the zombie's head, and Peter shoots it right through the skull. Uh. And it sprays blood and gore all over Roger, and I think this is the point where Roger completely snapped. Yes. Because he just gets this look on his face like, okay, I don't want to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. Roger sits up looking shocked and a little lost. Yeah. And a zombie on the driver's side of his truck has picked up a tire iron and uses it to break the window. Roger looks frozen with fear and Peter's screaming at him to move so he can shoot it. Roger pulls his gun, finally, and shoots the zombie in the head three times. Then he says, you bastards bastards.
0: He's so angry at the zombies.
1: And that's the only way you can say bastards. It is. It it almost has to be under your breath and drawn out. But
0: it's like you can say bastard loudly. Yeah. But bastards, like you bastards. No, it's yeah. you bastards.
1: Yeah, you bastards is a calm angry word. Yeah. Not like motherfucker. <laughs> So Peter checks on him and Roger says, "We got this. We got this by the ass." But he's clearly breaking. Mhm. So Peter's obviously concerned and he tells him to get the head out or get his head in the game. <laughs> I almost said get his head out of his ass. <laughs> Roger gets the truck started and on his way to the mall, he runs down some zombies for fun and he's laughing at them and splattering. He gets the second truck parked in front of the main entrance of the mall. Peter Parks's truck right next Peter Parks's truck. Peter Parks's truck. Peter Parks's truck. <laughs> Parks truck right next to Rogers, and Roger is able to climb out of his door and directly into Peter's truck. But Roger's all angry and concerned with killing zombies, so he decides to shoot a couple that were creeping up from the back of the truck and really could do him no harm if mm-hmm. he just moved his ass. While he does this, other zombies have time to come up from the front of the trucks, and he barely makes it into Peter's truck without being bitten. And then Fran picks off a couple of the zombies from the roof.
0: Good job, Fran.
1: And when they gave her the gun, she was like, I might just be able to figure out how to use it. (laughs) And she did.
0: She's so snarky.
1: She is. In Peter's truck, Roger realizes, uh oh, I forgot my little hot wiring tool bag. That's
0: kind of necessary.
1: So they have to go back for it to the other truck. Peter scolds him for being distracted and not having it together. And he tells him, you're not just playing with your life. You're playing with mine. And he asks him, now, are you straight? And Roger looks like he's kind of lost his mind. But he tells Peter he's good to go. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I- I'm all right. I'm all right There, I-,
0: I would probably go by how the person looks rather than what they're telling me.
1: Yeah. that that'd be a good idea. Because he looks crazy. Uh-huh. For a second, he almost kind of snaps out of it. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) So they go back to the other truck for the bag. The zombies are crowded all around their trucks. Roger almost gets back into Peter's truck, but he drops his bag. So he has to drop down in between the trucks where all the zombies are. Uh, As he tries to get back in the window of Peter's truck, he's bitten on the arm and the leg. And Fran sees all of this play out from the roof, and she starts to cry. Mm Mm-hmm. Back inside the truck, Peter tells Roger that they have to cancel their whole truck parking mission and take care of his leg. Roger's already tying tourniquets onto his wounds, and he tells Peter, We have a lot more to get done before you can afford to lose me. Mm -hmm. Peter has tears in his eyes and slams the truck into gear, and they continue.
0: Back in the hideout, Fran is tending to Roger's bites, while Peter and Steven discuss what's next. Roger's moaning. He's obviously in pain. So they just give him a bottle of Jack to help him out.
1: Hey, whatever works, you know. (laughs) Did you know that you can use cocaine as a topical anesthetic? I did. I I learned that from a book I listened to on Audible. And I was like, is that real? It is. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, wow.
0: Yeah. So Stephen and Peter decide they're going to go to the gun store. So they go through the air duct. (laughs) And then they drop inside what is, like, an outdoor store, kind of.
1: Let's it- go to the gun store at the mall.
0: Yeah. And it's filled with guns. And inside the store, there's weird music playing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like...
1: <laughs> it's like African drum beat.
0: Yes. And then there's people chanting. And then there's the sound of monkeys.
1: Yeah. And then
0: there's lions roaring. And it's weird.
1: I, I think store was for like rich assholes that are like, I need to buy a gun before I go on safari and shoot an endangered species.
0: <laughs> so the two of them discuss guns before grabbing a bunch of guns, ammo, holsters, and all of the shit they bought they bought.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they bought. They got. They load up good.
0: Yes. So we cut to the group of four, leaving the hallway that connects to the stairwell to the hideout. And everyone is armed to the teeth with guns and ammo.
1: Like three guns each, ammo belts.
0: They all look like Rambo. Yes. Peter's pushing. Ooh, there's a lot of Peter.
1: (laughs) There's a lot of pee pee.
0: Peter picked a pop, 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 pop.
1: (laughs) Peter picked popcorn.
0: Yes. Peter is pushing Roger in the wagon slash cart that he got earlier. And they all run over to JCPenney. Firing at zombies, JC Penny. I love
1: JC Penny. <laughs> Quality items at good prices. Yeah.
0: All four of them manage to get into the department store unharmed. Stephen and Fran start to grab supplies while Peter takes Roger downstairs in the elevator. And then the group are all back downstairs. No, back at the downstairs entrance.
1: That's where they are.
0: It is. And they discuss needing to lock the front doors and whether it's safe enough. Fran looks out and sees a display car in the mall, and she thinks that if the guys could use it, they might be safer. Peter asks Roger if he's up for it, and he nods.
1: We know he can hotwire stuff.
0: He can. So Fran and Stephen use blowtorches to keep the group of zombies away while Roger and Peter escape. Oh, Stephen makes sure that Fran gets back into the store safely before they close the door. But then Fran realizes that Steven still has the keys and she won't be able to lock the door.
1: No, that's kind of essential.
0: Mm-hmm. So he fumbles around for a really long time with the keys. Uh huh. While everyone else is shooting and trying to cover him. He finally gets the keys to Fran, and then he takes off running to the other guys.
1: I'm just gonna say Steven's a fucking liability.
0: He is. Roger and Peter reach the car in the middle of the mall. It's just chaos as Peter Peter's, <laughs> Peters picks up the fencing yeah. and just starts throwing it. He likes to throw things. He loves
1: throwing stuff.
0: Yeah, there's like a little like white picket fence around the car and he just picks up panels of it and throws them <laughs> at zombies.
1: You know, it gets a lot of emotion out. Yeah. And they picked a sweet ride too. Yeah.
0: What is it, a Volkswagen? Yeah,
1: it's like a Volkswagen uh, hatchback. Oh. I think it was the Golf, maybe. Hey,
0: I don't know. It's little and cute. So Roger falls out of the wagon, but manages to get himself back up and into the back of the hat, back hatch of the car. <laughs> and a zombie comes up and it pushes its finger into his leg wound, causing it to bleed again.
1: Ow. It's gross. And he he howls. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh! Uh-huh. Because they hurt a lot.
0: I um, can only imagine. So Stephen catches up to the guys, and all three men get in the car. Roger gets the car hot- hot-wired, and they take off to the front door. And I like it because there's a zombie that's holding on to the car, <laughs> and he's, like, dragging as they're flying through the mall.
1: And he's like, hey, hey, I was going to eat you.
0: Uh-huh. So the... The guys drive in the mall, which is cool.
1: I want to do it. Yeah. I want to drive really fast in a hatchback in a mall.
0: Yeah. And they reach the other doors, the front doors. The front
1: doors, I think I they think are. I think so, too.
0: And Roger stays in the car while Stephen and Peter get out and lock the doors. Steven's worried about the zombies breaking the glass, but Peter assures him that they don't have enough momentum because of the truck is right behind them. So it's they're locking the doors that they just parked the semis in front of. Yes. And there's only, what, like... uh,
1: Maybe two feet?
0: Yeah, maybe. So it's not like they can get enough force to break the glass.
1: They can't get any vavoom.
0: Yeah. So they get all the doors locked, and Peter's able to arm the alarm. That's a weird...
1: Arm the alarm. Arm the
0: alarm. And Stephen radios Fran to let her know that they got one set of doors done. So then they drive to the other side of the mall? Yes. Okay.
1: And they're, they're driving really fast, and they're shooting zombies, and they're running over zombies, <laughs> and I want this to be my life.
0: Steven radios back to Fran to let her know that they got one set done, and then they pull around to the other side of the mall. And Peter and Steven discuss about how many zombies are already inside, and they discuss going hunting. Hunting for zombies.
1: That sounds fun. They should make video games about that.
0: They should. That's you. you might make money. Maybe. Hmm. So next we see the group looking down from the top of the second floor. They all look tired and a, uh, kind of shocked.
1: Yeah. They, and it, I would describe their look as forlorn.
0: Oh, that's a good word for it. It is. But every time I hear the word forlorn, I think of foghorn.
1: Foghorn leghorn?
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: I'll say, I'll say, I'll say. <laughs> it
0: was like the big rooster. <laughs> Um, And then the camera spans across the mall to um, show all the bodies of the zombies laying dead on the ground.
1: They killed lots of zombies.
0: They killed all of the zombies.
1: Back in the survivors' home base, we can see that they're starting to make it a little more homey. They've stacked up some boxes like a little table, and they have some chairs they took from the mall. They have a lamp and a coffee pot on their little box table. And we see Fran getting an injection of morphine ready. Peter and Stephen are looking out over the mall floor plan. Peter wants to put up a wall over the entrance to the boiler room hallway. Stephen asks why they don't just put one up at the bottom of the steps. Peter tells him there might be a patrol or looters coming through soon, and he doesn't want anyone to even know that stairway exists.
0: Peter is fucking smart.
1: He is.
0: I never would have thought of that.
1: No. Like, if I was going to think to put up a fake wall, I would have put it at the bottom of the steps.
0: Yeah, but then it's like, that hall didn't go to anything. Yeah. They're going to know something's up.
1: People be like, why did they build a hallway to nowhere? Yeah.
0: So if we just cover the hallway.
1: Nobody's the wiser. It
0: makes more sense.
1: Fran injects Roger with the morphine and he's laying on a mattress on the floor and looking rather sickly. Mm-hmm. Fran doesn't know what else to do for him and wants to take him to a med unit. Peter tells her that he's seen several people bitten and they don't last for more than three days. Roger calls out to Peter to celebrate their victory, and he screams, We whipped him! We whipped him and we took it all! hmm And then Peter's just kind of like, Yeah, we sure did, buddy.
0: Uh-huh. He's just kind of telling him what he needs to hear.
1: Yeah, he's like, I will placate you in your time of need. So we cut to Peter and Stephen building the framing for the wall they were talking about, and Stephen sees Fran getting sick in the bathroom, so he goes to check on her. He tries to comfort her, but she's like, no, leave. I'm vomiting. And then she apologizes for being short with him. But she says, I don't want you to see me this way. Then she shoes him out and she starts puking again. So Stephen's like, I'm going to go hang out with Peter. (laughs) So Peter tells him, this place is going to get rotten. As he looks out over all the dead zombies on the second floor concourse.
0: A lot of bodies.
1: And he tells Stephen, we got to clean it up.
0: Peter, one project at a time.
1: Maybe he has ADHD (laughs) and he cleans the house like you do.
0: Maybe. But yeah, they don't have the wall built and he's
1: like, let's get the bodies. Maybe they were starting to get stinky. Uh, Maybe. So now we get a little montage of them putting dead zombies on a cart and transporting them to a freezer in one of the restaurants.
0: And it's not just one body. They like stack them. Yes. They're like pancakes. Uh
1: Uh-huh. They're just like, hey, we got to utilize the space. Yeah. Then they go to the bank and the mall and they take all the money. And Peter says, you never know.
0: It's not a bad idea.
1: No. Once society gets going again, you'll probably want some greenbacks.
0: Uh-huh. I liked that um, there was very patriotic music playing at this point. Yeah. And I also liked that they took the time to like shake hands and smile at the security <laughs> camera. Yeah.
1: So now we see them finger quotes here shopping. Mm hmm. Fran goes ice skating. Peter and Steven are playing basketball in a sporting goods store. They loot the grocery store and get all of the high dollar items, mm-hmm. like the big wheel of cheese yeah. and the monster loaf of bread. Well, yeah. And Roger is drinking the fluid out of some pickled onions.
0: It's a pickled something.
1: It looks like like pearl onions. Well, and I'm
0: like, okay, did you just call him Richard or Roger?
1: Did I call him Richard? I think you just
0: said Richard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look what you've done to me.
0: <laughs> but I'm like, Roger, eat the stuff that's going to go bad. Like,
1: Yeah, that's canned.
0: Those pickles will last forever.
1: Oh, I mean, he doesn't have a long time to go, so.
0: Yeah, might as well enjoy it while I got it. Eat what
1: you want, you know, like your pickled onions. That's true. We see Fran cutting Stephen's hair in a salon. Oh,
0: we didn't go... You didn't tell people what the total was.
1: Oh, I didn't all. write the total down.
0: Oh, so they bought a whole fucking wheel of cheese.
1: Yes, like, like a- <laughs> the size of a human torso. But
0: And they were like running stuff up through the cash register. And all of their very, very expensive food came all the way up to 45 26
1: Which is... Right around half the price of buying one bag of cat food and one bag of dog food now.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And this was like luxury items. Yes. Ah, the 70s. Let's go back.
1: (laughs) The group then goes to an arcade and they're all playing games and they're having fun. And uh, we can see the mall is all clean and clear now. There's still some zombies beating at the doors outside and it echoes throughout the mall. Fran says, they're still here. Stephen says, they're after us. They know we're still in here. And Peter says, they're after the place. They don't know why, they just remember. Remember that they want to be in here. Fran asks, what the hell are they? And Peter responds, they're us, that's all. There's no more room in hell. Stephen gives Peter a ponderous look. Mm -hmm. And he says, what? And Peter responds, Something my granddaddy used to tell us. You know Makumba? Voodoo? Granddad was a priest in Trinidad. He used to tell us, when there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. That's such a good quote. It is. And I've had that on two shirts. Uh Uh-huh. We can kind of see the statement sinking in with the other survivors, and then we see the zombies still trying to get in the doors of the mall. And we're like, hey, Romero. I get your point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we cut to Roger and he's writhing around in pain in his room. Steven holds him down while Fran runs to get more morphine. I'm glad they found morphine and weren't just like continuously giving him Jack Daniels.
1: (laughs) I don't know if he's drunk. He might just pass out.
0: That's true. Uh, They shoot him up and he manages to calm down and Peter offers to watch him. And once they're alone, Roger asks Peter to take care of him when he dies He doesn't want to be walking around like that.
1: (laughs) And then he promises him several times. He's, I'm going to try.
0: Well, he says, I, but don't do it until you know, it's not me coming back because I'm going to try.
1: And, you can kind of tell that Peter's like, yeah, just, okay, shut up and die. Just
0: die so I can shoot you. <laughs>
1: yeah. Because he's like, I, I'm not really digging this whole emotional thing going on right mm-hmm. now.
0: So out in the living room on TV, Stephen is watching the pirate scientist and an interviewer arguing back and forth. And the pirate scientist is trying to make a case for... you. I thought it, they were trying to make a case for feeding the zombies, but you said it was... Eating the zombies.
1: I think that's what he was getting at. Like, I don't know. Because he said something about, like, we have a food supply here.
0: But it's, like, rotten.
1: Maybe. Maybe he doesn't know that part.
0: And that they're, like, obviously infected with something. Yeah.
1: Maybe he was talking about feeding them so they won't eat us. I think that's what he was saying. Well, yeah, I guess that would make sense, because in Day of the Dead, they try feeding them beefy treats. Do they? Yeah. Yeah, I
0: think that's what he said. Was it, like...
1: We need to feed them so like, they don't t- feed on like us. Treat them like cattle. Yeah. Essentially. I, I like what they do at the end of Shaun of the Dead and they just put them in reality shows.
0: I know, that's the best. <laughs> um, and then he suggests that they just drop a nuke on all major cities. Yeah, why not? Eh, it works. So we see Peter in the next room again and Roger has a blanket pulled up over his head. So we assume he has died. Peter sits across the room looking defeated. He has a quiet moment, and then movement begins from underneath the blanket. He cocks his gun. We cut back to Steven and Fran. The discussion on TV is getting more and more heated, and they hear the gun go off in the next room. It startles them both, and then they share a knowing look. Stephen puts his head down and cries. Fran does not cry.
1: No. Uh, she watches the screaming match on the television, and... She just sits there after she hears the gunshot, and she says, it's really all over, isn't it? Uh-huh. So,
0: Stephen and Peter, for lack of a better term, bury Roger.
1: Yeah, they went to one of those nice planters in the mall. Yeah. That, that just has, like, the mall plants in it. it, it, it
0: there's no dirt under
1: there. There's enough to make the plants grow.
0: Okay. But it's not like they buried him. They just like covered him up in like leaves and grass clippings.
1: And like mulch.
0: Yeah. And they were worried about bodies stinking. He's going to stink.
1: That's your friend. You got to bury him. I just throw
0: him outside.
1: And <laughs> just throw him off the roof like Bill Murray in Zombieland.
0: Yeah. Fran and Steven practice shooting at mannequins on in the ice rink. And then later, Peter acts as a waiter and provides Fran and Stephen with a fancy ass meal for just the two of them. He goes to spend some quiet time with Roger at Roger's grave.
1: With a bottle of champers. With
0: a bottle of champagne. So Stephen surprises Fran with two rings in his hand. They're wedding rings, one for him and one for her. But he doesn't say a word. He just shoves them forward in his hand like... I bring you shiny object. <laughs> Marry me. <laughs> I
1: am the penguin with the pebble.
0: Yes. But Fran tells him, No, not now. It wouldn't be real. And then Steven still says nothing in this moment.
1: She gives him the rings back and he pulls his hands back and his face does not change. No. He's not disappointed. He's not He gives her a slight look of understanding. Uh-huh. Like, oh, I get it. But
0: but I feel like words should be spoken at this moment.
1: Yeah. Like, acknowledge her feelings. Tell her your feelings. Yeah. It's called a conversation. It's not
0: just here. Caveman, bring you
1: ring. <laughs> Woman, marry.
0: <laughs> then we cut to Fran and Steven, and they're naked in bed. We get to see Fran boob. Fran boob. Um, But, but they're both just staring off into space and look fucking miserable.
1: Yeah. It's... It's almost like, well, we had a date night, so I guess we have to go shag now. Yeah,
0: but they didn't enjoy themselves.
1: No, I think it's kind of hard to. There's a lot going on.
0: Yeah. So next we see days being crossed off a calendar to show us that some time has passed. Fran is now Mondo pregnant, and I know this because she constantly keeps one hand on her back. That's how you know. That's how you know.
1: If a woman gets pregnant in a movie, she vomits. Uh Uh-huh. And, and when they're pregnant, they have to have their hand on their back all the time. Yeah.
0: We can see that they've made a nice apartment out of their hideout. There's a living area, living room area, a dining room, and it looks very homey and cozy.
1: It does. It really just looks like an apartment in a large city yeah. with no windows.
0: Yes. On the roof, Peter's enjoying a game of tennis by himself. I said, or maybe it's more racquetball. I don't know. <laughs>
1: This scene always makes me think of Mitch Hedberg's quote about playing tennis. The depressing thing about tennis is that no matter how good I get, I'll never be as good as a wall.
0: <laughs> That's just sad. <laughs> so, Steven packs. No, Peter packs up his things.
1: Peter packs a pecka pecka pickle, pecka pepa.
0: I didn't notice all the Peter puff last night.
1: There's like a Peter puff.
0: Peter packs up his stuff, and we see a bull. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a bowl of ice cream.
0: <laughs> we see a bowl roll off the roof. A ball.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you just looked so defeated. You were like You were like fuck this mouth of mine. I'm done I'm with it.
0: Done. We see a ball. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ball and roll. My like my mouth just wants to go bowl. We see a ball roll off the roof and into the parking lot below. And there's a nasty rotting zombie laying there. But it's surrounded by some fresh new looking zombies. And there's a lot more zombies than the last time we looked outside.
1: And it pans across the parking lot and we can see they just keep coming. Yes. They're like, hey, there's people in there.
0: Yeah. So then we see Fran in the beauty salon
1: part. I of think her. so.
0: There's like, she, she's putting on a lot of makeup and there's wigs.
1: She dolls herself up like a 20s bad girl.
0: Yeah. And then she like poses with her gun.
1: I Do you think she was going for like a, a Bonnie?
0: I was thinking more of like the Adventureland photos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the
1: old timey photos. Yeah. You and Nolan and I really need to do one of those this summer. Okay.
0: Later, uh, Peter and Steven are playing cards for money, which is kind of funny because it's money.
1: Yeah. It means nothing now.
0: (laughs) But they're still playing with, like, coins. Uh Like, I'd be throwing $100 bills down.
1: (laughs) Yeah. They've got, like, stacks and stacks of money, and they're like, I'll raise you 50 cents. Yeah.
0: Uh, Fran's getting dinner ready. Peter and Fran sit down to eat, and Steven continues to stare at the TV that's been showing nothing but static. And Fran tells him that they haven't seen anything on the TV in three days and he should just give up. She gets up and goes and turns off the TV. And as soon as she sits back down, Stephen gets up and turns the TV back on. So we get the feeling that life isn't so great.
1: No, they've (laughs) got everything they want, but nothing that they need.
0: Living in paradise isn't all it's cracked up to be.
1: And, you know, these people really need to look on the bright side. You're living in a mall. (laughs)
0: I think even the mall can't give you everything you need.
1: Mandy, do you remember malls? They're perfect.
0: I remember <sighs> ours being closed.
1: Oh, and here Fran says, what have we done to ourselves? Oh, yes. It was very dramatic. Very. So the next thing we see is Stephen loading food and ammo into the hold on the helicopter. He's wearing his flight jacket. He has his aviators. Somebody's going flying.
0: Well, of course, you need those to fly.
1: And we see Fran is like sitting on the edge of the wing, of the little wing thing in the helicopter. I'm going to
0: have a pilot license soon. Not like to fly a plane.
1: Like a drone pilot license. It's still
0: a pilot license. I'm taking <laughs> pi- like flying classes. I-, I need aviators.
1: Oh, I'll buy you aviators and a puffy flight jack, a puffy collared flight jacket. I need,
0: uh, yeah. How else will I fly a drone?
1: Can I get you a Maverick jacket? No. Oh. So then we see Steven is giving Fran a flying lesson, and she lands the helicopter perfectly on the roof, and Steven actually congratulates her. She did good. And like they're smiling at one another and like acting like they can actually stand to be sitting next to each <laughs> other. And now we see the helicopter through some binoculars. We see a group of very rough-looking men watching the helicopter land on the mall and one of them says, "They must get in through the roof." And that man is Tom fucking Savini. Yay,
0: Tom Savini. Legend.
1: Legend. Icon. Yes. They talk about the trucks blocking all the entrances.
0: Also, sorry. Does he age?
1: No. He does <sighs> Have you seen him lately? Like- he's he's buff. Like, he is a big, buff, old man. He looks
0: no different. I know. In the face.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I hope he just stays that way for the next 150 years. (laughs) So Savini asks the binoculars guy, so what do you think? Should we hit him now or tonight? The binoculars man says, tonight. Now we see Steven napping on the couch in the apartment. The CB radio starts to squawk and Peter's sitting at the radio. We hear several voices yelling, and it's the group of rough dudes outside. They radio the survivors. How many of you are there anyway? There's uh, three of us. And then a group of at least 10 rough dudes jeer and laugh. Yes, it's a lie. Fran wants to radio back, but Peter shoots that idea down. The lead rough dude, binoculars guy, is what I like to call him. Oh, I called him a
0: bumpkin because he's wearing overalls. (laughs)
1: He says, we don't like people who don't share. You just fucked up real bad. So the rough dudes hoop and holler, and then they start passing out a lot of weapons.
0: And cracking beers.
1: Yes. They look like a motorcycle gang, and I I feel like maybe they were together before the apocalypse It kind of feels
0: that way. At least some of them. Yeah. Maybe not all, but...
1: They seem very familiar and comfortable with one Mm -hmm. another.
0: But it's also been...
1: Oh, yeah, because Fran's Four-ish super. Fourish months. So Peter and Steven go to the roof and they see them coming, and there are a lot of headlights coming at them. Yeah. Peter says they must have been surviving on the road through this whole thing. And he says, they'll get in, they'll move the trucks. Then he tells Steven, let's not make it easy on them. Steven goes back into the apartment and tells Fran that there are 15 to 20 of them coming. He and Peter are going to go downstairs to close the gates to the stores to keep them out. Fran looks very concerned. Peter's in his bedroom, and he takes off all of his new fancy clothes and puts his SWAT gear back on.
0: He means business.
1: And then he loads up his assault rifle.
0: He really means business. (laughs) Yeah.
1: The rough dudes pull up into the mall parking lot, and they're throwing hand grenades (laughs) and shooting zombies.
0: It's a party. Like, they're having a hell of a time. They
1: are. Inside the mall, Stephen and Peter are lowering the security gates on the stores, and the rough dudes are still outside just picking off zombies. They shoot the loading dock control panel and get into the mall. Peter radios to Steven and tells them that with those doors open, there'll be a thousand zombies in this mall. That should keep them busy for a while. I would think so. So the rough dudes ride their motorcycles into the mall, And their van blocks the door that they opened.
0: Which has to be deafening.
1: Yeah. So loud. Yeah. Like, Harleys shake the ground. Yeah. And- Put 20
0: of them inside a mall.
1: With that, like, concrete floor.
0: Yeah. There's nowhere for that sound to go.
1: No. So they blow the locks on the store gates, and they raid all the stores. They're screaming and yelling the whole time. Like, I think maybe there was some cocaine involved. And
0: they're definitely—they're just like partying.
1: Yeah, it's not only do they loot the stores, we see them holding down a zombie and stealing her jewelry. <laughs> so then things start to get a little silly. Yeah. One of the rough dudes finds some pies in a bakery at the mall, and they start smashing pies into the faces of the zombies while zany music plays. And then they start spraying seltzer bottles at the zombies.
0: Yeah. I didn't get this, and then I, all of a sudden it was like, oh, they're supposed to be clowns. Yeah.
1: It's, <laughs> it,
0: it definitely took me a
1: minute. It's weird. So Peter and Steven are watching all the antics, and Steven just looks pissed. He is pissed. And he says, it's ours. We took it. It's ours. And he takes aim and starts firing at the looters, and Peter radios to him and says, damn it, flyboy, what the hell are you doing? Stay out of sight. They're after the place, not us. Tom Savini gets knocked off his motorcycle by a zombie and he gets revenge by burying its his machete into its head. Then he does a ride by decapitation on another zombie with his machete while standing in the sidecar of the motorcycle.
0: He's just like showing off his skills.
1: This is like his video resume.
0: <laughs> look what I can do.
1: He's like, so if you guys are ever looking to do a decapitation scene, uh, look what I can do. Look
0: at my work.
1: Steven's hiding out in JCPenney. <clears throat> JCPenney, hello? JC Penny. Are you there? Well, the rough dudes decide to bust into JCPenney because everybody loves JCPenney.
0: Do you think we can still go get our picture taken at JCPenney?
1: I hope so. Peter's picking off some of the rough dudes with his hunting rifle, and now the rough dudes are occupying themselves with property destruction. So Steven, he's like, I'm gonna get back to Fran. He runs past a cigarette machine and a bank <laughs> of payphones on the way to the elevator.
0: Oh, cigarette machines!
1: <sighs> payphones. Yeah, I still I get so excited when I see a payphone now. Really? Peter shoots at Savini, but he misses, and now Savini and the other rough dudes know where he is. He's
0: given away his location.
1: The lights in the mall go out, and we don't really know why. But uh, Peter runs back to the ladder going into the air vents. He gets up and pulls up the rope ladder just before Tom Savini can get to him. And Tom Savini has a sword now, and he's poking through (laughs) the grates on the air vent. I like that he has a sword. And he says something I really don't like. He looks up through the vents, and he goes, I see you, chocolate man. Yeah, I missed that. I'm like- That's weird. I'm like, Tom Savini, don't say that. No. No. In the apartment, Fran looks very freaked out. Uh, Steven is stuck in the elevator since the power just went out. He tries to radio Peter, but he gets no answer. Peter is running through the boiler room. Steven gets out onto the roof hatch of the elevator. And then Tom Savini, with his sword, just starts slicing up more zombies. Well, yeah. The power comes back on, and Steven takes a ride on the roof of the elevator. Some rough dudes come into the elevator, and they shoot up at him and hit him in the upper arm and then they just leave. They're like, "Hey, we shot him in the arm. Let's go." Yep,
0: he's going to die. They don't even know where they shot
1: him. Yeah, they're just like, "Hey, I, I shot that guy."
0: We Sorry to interrupt. This is going to be a little bit of a tangent. You can still get photographs taken at JCPenney.
1: Nice. Portraits.
0: Um, and right now they are introducing <laughs> we could dress up as a pirate. Oh. And a mermaid. Oh. Yeah.
1: You know, I think we need to find the closest JCPenney.
0: I think so. You could be a mermaid and I could be a pirate.
1: Oh, that'd be gorgeous. (laughs) A rough dude out in the mall uses a rope that was holding up some bunting on the second floor to swing down to the main floor Tarzan style. And as he's swinging, he hits a zombie with a sledgehammer. (laughs) Savini's running through some more zombies with his knife. And then Peter opens an air vent and he shoots Tom Savini. Savini falls to the main floor from the second balcony and then Peter picks off a couple more with Peter picks.
0: I, there's a lot of Peter. <laughs>
1: Peter picks off a couple more of the bad dudes with his rifle. He wounds one who is then swarmed by zombies and this is where the feasting scene begins. Mm-hmm. For some reason, a rough dude wearing a large sombrero decides to take his blood pressure right in the middle of a large crowd of zombies.
0: Uh, Maybe he was feeling like he had high blood pressure at that moment.
1: So as he sits down and the cuff closes on his arm, he's trapped, and the zombies swarm him and they feast on him. And we see some other rough dudes getting swarmed and munched on, and guts are getting pulled out, and there's a lot of snacking. It's gross. Steven drops back down into the elevator car and radios to Peter, who tells him the mall is full of zombies and he needs to get back into the air vents. As he's climbing back through the elevator roof hatch, he can see the air vent he needs to get to, and then the elevator doors open and a bunch of zombies come in and bite at his legs. He screams, and Peter can hear it through the vents. Stephen gets bitten several more times, but he does manage to shoot all the zombies, and he rides the elevator. <laughs> Peter comes up the steps alone and Fran says, He's dead? Peter tells her, I heard his gun. Maybe he's alright. She tries to run down the steps to check on Stephen, but Peter stops her, and he tells her, We'll wait. Now we cut to later in the day. Fran is dressed and getting her coat on. Peter's waiting at the top of the steps. She yells to him that it's getting light and they should go. Stephen hasn't answered the radio for hours. We see inside the mall, and it's overrun with zombies. They're everywhere. hmm More than in the beginning of the movie. Yes. Then we hear some distorted zombie noises and synthy sounds mm-hmm. as the elevator doors open and reveal Zombie Steven.
0: Yes. He's, this is such a good, like, iconic scene. Yeah. Of him, like, when the elevator doors open, and then also when he's, like, walking out of the elevator, and he's, like... His, holding his gun all weird. Yeah, it's like just dangling <laughs> off one finger
1: with the trigger guard. Yeah. And he's walking with his ankle all folded under.
0: Yeah. I could probably do that if I didn't want to walk again for a week.
1: So uh, Steven Zombie shambles out into the mall. And it seems like he's on a mission. He is. We get several shots of zombies staggering around the mall looking like shoppers. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's another little wink of the eye to George Romero. They're, like, do-
0: they're doing human-y things. Yeah.
1: They have no brains uh-huh. and no will of their own. But like, they're still at the mall. Like people. So Stephen shambles down the hallway that leads to the fake wall they built to hide the boiler room hallway. And several zombies follow him. He breaks through the fake wall and his zombie friends follow him through there too. They start coming up the steps. Peter shuts the door to the apartment and tells Fran to leave. He tells her he doesn't want to go. The door opens and zombie Stephen comes in. Peter blows Steven's brains out, and then more zombies come through the door. Peter helps Fran up the ladder with her bags, and he watches the zombies come into the apartment. He backs his way into his bedroom area. Fran gets into the helicopter, and some zombies are trying to get up the ladder to the roof. Peter's in his bedroom with the door shut, holding a gun to his head. Zombies begin to file out of the skylight and onto the roof. Fran watches them with tears in her eyes. Peter watches as a zombie gets into his bedroom. We see a shot of the dawn breaking across the horizon. As Fran watches the zombies close in on the copter, we cut back to Peter, and he takes the gun away from his head and blows away the zombie. Then some heroic music plays that sounds like the A-Team theme. Uh-huh.
0: And Peter he, just became a superhero. He did.
1: He <laughs> was like, dun da 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 So he fights off more zombies and he gets to the roof and then he kicks zombie ass all the way across the roof to the helicopter and he gets into the helicopter with Fran and he asks, how much fuel do we have? Fran stares straight ahead and answers, not much. Peter says, all right. And they take off into the morning in their helicopter. The end. They rode off into the dawn
0: so so what was your body count
1: um I had to look this one up
0: yeah because I just wrote everybody
1: I went to four different websites two of them said 176 one of them said like 179 and one said 171 so I was just like we'll go with 176 that sounds like a good number it's in the middle and two of them said it yeah so the count was 149 zombies and 27 humans. Oh. And they also said three deer, but I didn't see those.
0: I think maybe it was the um, the redneck guys.
1: The redneck guys. Redneck
0: guys. I think they had deers.
1: Deers. Deers. Deers,
0: deers in their trucks.
1: Got deers in their trucks. Mandy, what are your reactions?
0: I said that. This is so much better than I remember. I know. I think in the past I just blew it off because Cam was obsessed with it. And sometimes I don't want to like the same things Cam does.
1: Never want to like the same things I do.
0: <laughs> and it looked like it was just another cheesy horror movie. And honestly, at the time, I just like could not get over the zombies being blue.
1: Yeah, that's. It but, definitely takes some getting used to.
0: But like when I watched it this time, I didn't even notice. Mm-hmm. Like. But yeah, I kept it pretty short for that because I had more f- thoughts down below.
1: I said, I fucking love this movie. And what I love so much about it is like the social commentary about pointless consumerism. It's so good. And I like the psychology of the movie. It's like these people think they have it made mm-hmm. and they get everything they want. And then they're, they're like, oh, no, I guess that wasn't everything we wanted because yeah. we're miserable. The acting, not so good. No. I do not like the music in this movie at all. I do. I it's <laughs> I mean you can tell that they just went through like what can we get for free.
0: Yes. And that's what I like about it.
1: But I love the setting. What what's better than a mall? hmm And I love the character arcs.
0: Well, and a mall's very grandiose. You know, yeah. usually it's like somebody's trapped in a house and it's
1: Or they're just like walking through forests and open plains yeah. and
0: but, like Mall's huge.
1: Yeah. And then you can go to the arcade. You can go to the ice rink. Yeah. You think there was a pretzel stand?
0: Well, food only lasts for so long.
1: Pretzels last forever.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you have any production facts for us? I do.
0: Um, some of the zombies were actual amputees.
1: That's pretty cool. I know. Romero got the inspiration for this movie while touring the mall with a friend. He got to go into back areas of the mall that most people don't see, and his friend told him that people could easily survive in this mall should there be an emergency event. Oh. And then Romero's like, like a zombie apocalypse, maybe? Maybe.
0: Tom Savini used the same dummy throughout the course of filming. It was blown up, shot, and beaten, among other things. He's just
1: like Buster from Mythbusters. (laughs) This was filmed at the Monroeville Mall, only about a 20-minute drive from Pittsburgh. Ooh. And the mall is still standing. Yeah. And the mall has a Dawn of the Dead museum inside it. Oh, for real? Yes. That's cool. And now I really want to go to Pennsylvania.
0: Huh. We've been to Pennsylvania.
1: I want to go back. Okay. (laughs)
0: Okay. Um Peter is the second person to refer to them as
1: zombies. Zombies. Zomb- so, Romero and Rubenstein couldn't land any US funding, so they made a deal with Dario Argento for funding in exchange for Argento getting the international release rights, and there are also different versions of the movie internationally. Yeah. Like I want to say one of them's like an like 22 minutes longer or something like that. Uh, yeah. But then there's like one that's significantly shorter. Mm-hmm.
0: That's I, when um, we went to I went to watch it on YouTube and I had to look to see which film I should watch because there were such varying mm-hmm. time differences between them.
1: But, you know, I think it worked out well for everybody. Yeah.
0: They, they made their dollars. Oh, yeah. Extras who appeared in the film were reportedly given one dollar, a donut. And a Dawn of the Dead t-shirt.
1: I want the t-shirt.
0: I want the donut with some ice cream.
1: (laughs) A bowl of donut ice cream. Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Falling on a zombie. So this was actually filmed in a working mall from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. And they started filming in mid-November. So they had to stop filming for three weeks during the Christmas season so they wouldn't have to take down or move any of the Christmas decorations every day. Then filming resumed on January 3rd,
0: 1978. Oh. I don't have any more facts. Do you have more facts?
1: I sure do. I have two more. Oh! This was Tom Savini's first movie as an effects artist. H- had he
0: acted before?
1: I'm not sure. I know he was a photographer in Vietnam. Was he really? Yeah, he took war photos. And oh. Well... He saw bad things, and he was like, I can turn those bad things into a career. Yeah. And in the original script for this movie, everyone was supposed to die. Francine was going to die by shoving her head into the helicopter blades after she heard Peter shoot himself. No. I guess it was, she hears the bang, and she looks at the low fuel light, Uh and she just stands up into the rotors.
0: Oh, no. No. So that, that would have been
1: Dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have any goofs? No. I have lots.
0: I know. I will never have goofs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh there's one scene where Peter throws his gun and the key ring into JC Penny. Hi, JC Penny. In the next shot, he's pulling the keys out of the lock and his gun is leaning against the wall outside the store. Oh. Uh, The blood on Roger's face disappears and reappears in the truck moving scene.
0: I don't think in the, like, before the 2000s, did they even have continuity?
1: I don't know. I know on Revenge of the Nerds, they had somebody that would check all the actors' noses for cocaine before they would shoot a scene.
0: (laughs) That's different than a continuity person.
1: (laughs) I did see the reflection of a crew member in the window of one of the trucks during the truck moving scene.
0: I like that, though.
1: And several times, guns either switch hands or shoulders or just totally disappear in between shots. Yeah. So that's kind of fun to look for. It is. Mandy, who are you? I'm Fran. Yeah, that's what I said, too.
0: (laughs) I said because at the beginning, she was tough with the guys. She demanded that her vote count. Her vocab? Her vote count and that she be included. And I put, hi, that's me.
1: I said, you're not going to take shit from the boys just because you're the only girl. And you would want to learn all that you could to survive and demand that you be treated equally. Yeah.
0: I'd be shooting a gun and flying a helicopter. Hell yeah. Who do you think you are?
1: I'm the scientist guy on TV with the eye patch. (laughs) Because I would totally berate everyone around me for not believing my rants. And I would call them dummies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I put that I want you to be the Hare Krishna zombie just because it's fun.
1: And I love a tambourine.
0: (laughs) But you are the pirate scientist yelling at everyone that they're wrong and stupid.
1: And calling them dummies, (laughs) dummies. Any final thoughts? What did you rate it? I gave it an eight out of 10.
0: I gave it a nine.
1: And I am amazed. I know. Because when we did our bonus episode and we were talking about the movies that were coming up in this round. I was
0: not excited.
1: You were like, I think I'm least looking forward to Dawn of the Dead. Uh-huh. And this is a good movie. Yeah.
0: I put that, uh, I surprised myself with this one because going in, I would have rated it way lower. The story was really good, but there were a ton of extra shots that could have been left out. So many shots of
1: zombies. Yeah, but they're fun, and they're like walking <laughs> across the ice rink and trying not to fall. And it,
0: there's just a lot. Cut it down just a little bit. Nah, just a little. Uh, Peter was the only one who could even remotely act, but somehow it was okay that the others couldn't.
1: It felt like a like a high school play at some points.
0: Yeah, like kids trying to be overly dramatic. Yeah, I love that the setting is in a mall. And I love Romero's thoughts on consumerism, capitalism, and he even kind of addresses racism Yeah, by having a strong black male lead.
1: Well, and the fact that when they first meet him, Fran was totally cool with Roger coming, but she's like, um, can the helicopter handle the extra weight of yeah. this Peter guy? Well, Peter's a big dude, too. Well, yeah.
0: I like that they showed the gang grabbing valuables instead of useful things.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not like hey, these people found morphine somewhere in here. They're like, I'm going to get a TV.
0: Yeah, that I can't plug in because there's no electricity. Yeah. And I I put that the music throughout it is so absurd, but yet enjoyable. And that's kind of wraps up how I feel about the movie as a whole. It, yeah. It's absurd, but
1: enjoyable. It's like a circus.
0: It is very circus-y. That's all I had to say.
1: I said... Night of the Living Dead set the stage for zombies, and Dawn of the Dead turned that stage into a festival. Oh. I'm a writer.
0: You should have put like a Broadway musical.
1: No. Okay. They don't sing. (laughs) They could. This movie was so big and ambitious, especially for the time and the fact that they didn't have a lot of money. No. And I think this is what really perked up a lot of directors and writers ears to the fact that zombie movies can be action, horror, drama, comedy, all rolled into one. Mm-hmm. I took a full point off for the soundtrack because the music's <laughs> just so bad. I like it. And then I took a half a point off for the makeup being the grayish greenish blue color. Yeah. And a half a point for the acting. Okay. So we ended up with a nine or an 8.5. Yes. Out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. It's very respectable. It is. And I can't think of anything else we need to talk about. So would you like to hit the kids with the socials? Yes.
0: You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Blue Sky at Franchise Frights Pod. On X and Snapchat at F Frights Pod. Or just make it easy and go to our website, www.FranchiseFrightsPodcast.com.
1: And if you haven't done so yet, rate, review, subscribe. Click that little notification bell up in the corner. <laughs> yeah, just uh, leave us a nice review. Leave us a five star.
0: I mean, that'd be good. Yeah. Or tell us you hate us.
1: Tell a bunch of your friends about it. Yeah. Say, hey, you like horror movies? Hey, you like podcasts? I know these people that have a horror movie podcast.
0: And they try to be funny.
1: I, You know, I think we pull it off twice an episode. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you guys so much for listening. It's awesome. And uh, hit us up on social medias. Talk to us. Yeah. We're on the things and we want to talk to you. And tune in next Thursday when we're going to review Paranormal Activity 2, the movie that almost had Mandy run out of the theater. It's true. I think that's it. I think so. So until next Thursday,
0: Remember.
1: remember... They They always always come come back. back.
0: If that didn't record, I'm going to kick you in the nuts. It recorded. Yay.